now my phone does it. I, I guess since we recorded when I was in Memphis, my phone rings when you Skype. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So are you on your phone or your computer? My computer. Oh, okay. So your phone just is being annoying. Or informative, I guess, depending on how you receive it. Uh, I was looking at it as confusing, and then, uh, just, uh, okay. Okay. Well then, uh, welcome to week, what is this, 920 of the Crankcast? Who knows? I think it's 920. That's five better than 420. It is. It's five better. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, hey, you made it. I did. That's right. I haven't talked to you since. No. How does it feel? Um, it's, it's, I won't, I won't lie. It's weird. Yeah. But it's mostly mental. I mean, I've been feeling, like, physically feeling old for a while now because that's the way bodies work. But, yeah. It's, uh, I, 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 I feel better, but it's, it's, it's strange. It does feel like something's changed, but I can't really, uh, as, so, as somebody that has put so much of an emphasis on it, it's very, it, it has been concentrating on it for so long. It's very strange not to be able to put a finger on what it is exactly that I'm experiencing at the moment. Hmm. You know what I mean? I figured I would be, I would, you know, I've been spending at least, uh, at least an entire decade waiting for it. You know, you'd think I'd be prepared, but I, you know, I'm not. Is there a sense of relief? There is. There is definitely a sense of relief. Uh, but there's also a, a wariness of like, uh, you know what happens when you go, oh, <laughs> I did it, you know, and then, and then a car hits you or something like that. So close. Yeah, that kind of thing. I don't want to jinx it, I guess, is what it is. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I feel, uh, I feel a little, uh, a little, uh, over it, I guess. And, you know, I, uh, um, you know, I've been working on stuff. I've been working on the music stuff and, you know, things are okay. Well, Maybe this is a step in the right direction. Maybe the albatross is gone. It's uh, one less thing to worry about. But then also, if you've been focused on this thing for so long, it's sort of part of your identity. So you're kind of like losing part of your identity, too. Uh, you know, I guess I could look at it that way. But it's it's a part of my identity that I want to eject anyway. Right. I feel like it has been like a dark shadow on my personality. So this is the new and improved Mike Five O. Well, let's not go that far either. You know, I feel like to do that is to set a bar that, you know, I don't want to. It's like our New Year's aspirations rather than <laughs> resolutions. <clears throat> all right, all right. I do feel a different headspace, though. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, what you working on? Uh, what am I working on? 
I was working on one of our songs. That's what I was working on. Yeah, which one? The Dreamy One. I haven't given it a name yet. Okay. And uh, the, all the riffs are there. I even use the 12-string, but it does not sound the, like the 12, the twangy 12-string thing that you did anymore. Oh, that actually wasn't a 12-string. That was a badly intonated doubled guitar. Oh, really? But it did sound 12-stringy, didn't it? It sounded 12-stringy. So I, I thought you were trying to do a Peter Buck thing. No, but it works because, I, I mean, I was playing some stuff. Like, as I was working on it, I was playing it on 12-string sometimes. Um, but when it came down to finally recording it, I just did everything on the one six string. And like I said, I, yeah, I already explained all that. I didn't realize it was. Yeah. You know, I started this week on it and I was getting a little into my own head. Like I, I have been doing for the past year. You know, I, I pumped out a lot of stuff that first year I started doing stuff. And then last year I barely did anything. And it was because I was just all concentrating on the, the ins and outs of, of figuring out logic and all the production videos I've been watching and stuff like that. And, you know, to this week I've been like, like you just mentioned intonation is like, I know it needs to be in tune, but I'm not concentrating on any of that other crap. You know, I'm just putting this down, you know, cause looking at your reference tracks is like, you know, it was like the equivalent of looking at one of John Byrne's backgrounds. It's like, this stuff makes sense until you look at it up close and you're like, eh, that's just a bunch of squiggles. You know, he, it was like you, 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 it was, it was like a, it was what you called it. It was a sketch. It's like, this makes sense musically. But then I listened to it and I was like, whoa, when I listened to each track on its own, I was like, oh, wow, it's like, it's it's like a pencil sketch. It's like a there's all the mistakes and stuff are in there. And I was like, man, it, you don't really hear it when it's all together. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, to be honest, I'm not much of a perfectionist when it comes to music. Well, anyway, tr- but th- those were particularly sloppy because I was just running through them to get the idea down. You know? Yeah, and I I mean that's I'm not insulting it. I'm just saying it's it's it it's it's helping me make this more fun because i'm getting it out there and i'm like because i'm looking at these and it's like i need to have a finished piece of thing so i can show marty you know and i'm like no i'm gonna have just i'll do it. what i have and then he can listen to it you know what i mean just have fun with it yeah i'm not i'm not trying this this isn't this, i mean if i if we did this we'd have to re-record it anyway these are t- at the most these could be good demos but i don't even think that they're that yet yeah, I mean the well, no, that, that they're not. I mean, I called them demos, but they're not demos. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the arrangements aren't even set early. It's just, yeah. I had like, if I had more than one riff, I just put them in a one-two-one-two pattern. If I yeah, had, I mean that's I that's the other thing about this is I didn't really get crazy trying to make other parts. I just kept the two parts, and I'm making a song out of that. Okay, well, I mean, it doesn't have to have a million parts. I was just reading an article the other day about how. Uh, bridges and songs are on the decline. They are. I've noticed that. A lot of stuff is just first chorus, first chorus, first chorus to the end. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, can you, uh, breaks and bridges are kind of the same thing. Well, I mean, a bridge usually has its own distinct thing that's separate from the rest of it. It's not just a pause or a break or a... But they operate in the same area. They operate for the same purpose, though. Um, I'm trying to, def- I'm trying to find the vocabulary to explain why you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, they, they are similar in purpose, but they're not like the same thing. 
because like a bridge, I mean, a bridge can even be the same thing as like, say, the chorus riff just changed to a different key. Like in um, Jackson 5, I'll be there. But it's meant to give you a break from the song. That's just meant to expand on it, really. I'm going to expand on your face. I mean, like, if you're talking about, like, a drop or a break or a pause or something like that, I mean, that's a different thing. I am going to put a drop in this. I'm going to, it's going to have a uh, a dubstep middle eight. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, I thought dubstep was dead. No, I'm bringing it back for this one part in this one song. Well, you can try. I don't want to have, like, a really, like, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, like a vocoder, like cry in the middle of it. I mean, I think that's a little like trying to give yourself a nickname. Mm, no, I'm using your nickname. No, I'm saying like trying to bring that that back. It's kind of like trying to give yourself a nickname. I mean, you can say anything you want, but I'm just letting you know this is how it's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, I mean. The real recording is really not going to happen until we figure out and get the arrangement set. And then we worry about doing it good. No. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Been practicing a lot, too. Have you? Yeah, I'm still not uh, learning songs so much, but I am really drilling the technical stuff. I will pick uh, ten Rush songs for you to learn. That sounds like that would be hard. <laughs> okay, five. I'll learn. A, I'll learn a Rush song. Pick a Rush song. I'll learn it. I don't know. I was joking, man. Pick one. Should we put a poll out? A poll for which Rush song to learn? Yeah. And fucking Don Cardenas is gonna like pick Labilla Strangiato or something. Yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, I used to play Distant Early Warning with a band. You did? Yeah. Uh, we did that and we did, um, we did another Rush song. What, what was it? It was Distant Early Warning and. Did you have a keyboard or did you just play on the guitar part? I was playing the bass part, but... No, you were playing. Oh, no, we didn't have a keyboard player. Okay. Um, so we were just, you know, it was all guitars and drums. Rock air. That's a rock version. Yeah. And, um... Gosh, I can't remember what the other one was. Free Will, maybe? No. I, d- I used to know how to play Free Will. And there's that song from the second side of uh, Moving Pictures. The, um that I can't remember the name of. It's like the middle song on the second side. The Camera Eye? No. The other one, something Science? Mm-hmm. Or Witch Hunt? No. What was it on the second side? I can't remember. It's got that bass line that did it, 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 you know, keeps going around like that. That's the Camera Eye. Is that the Camera Eye? Vital Signs? Was it Vital Signs? I can't remember. But, uh, I mean, I, it's, I used to know, like, bits and pieces of Rush, too, just, like, where I learned parts of stuff. Was it Witch Hunt? Might have been Witch Hunt. I mean, there's only three songs on side, too. Dun, 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 dun. I don't remember. That's Camera Eye, dude. Is it? Yeah, I think that is. I don't remember. 
there's two parts to camera eye. And, um, well, you know, I've got it here on my computer. I can just look it up, I guess, huh? Oh, you could. Well, you do that. <laughs> Vital signs, maybe? Is it? I I just <laughs> I I mentioned all three songs and you couldn't recognize any of them. So I'm gonna. I, well, I, I just I don't remember the name. It's been a long time. Oh, holy crap! Hold on. Jesus. I recognize that sound anywhere. I did not expect that to be coming through there. <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure out why it was routed there. I updated a bunch of drivers and shit on my computer today, and I think something's not working right. <laughs> what just happened? Did a spider jump out? No, I, I I went to go play the album, but it came out through the same channel that you're coming through. Oh. And it was really... I, and I have to boost your signal because you're a little bit low most mm-hmm. of the time. So it jumped out at me, and I'm like, what the hell? Why is this so loud? You made it sound like there is a spider. There is not a spider. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pretend there is a spider. I just want to know why, why it did that. Why did it do that, Mike? Mm, I don't know. I'm very bad at uh, this stuff. Hmm. I'm learning. It said, oh, duh. Uh, it's because I have a physical connection. I, I, okay, I understand why I did it now. We all need a physical connection. We really do. We all need the human touch. The thing is, is you didn't hear it, but it's going to show up in the recording. <laughs> as this really loud spot of the That's opening fine. part of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Wake up some people. Oops. I don't think we it was, don't need it. I don't the think it was touch. long enough. Um, I don't think it was long enough to uh, infringe any copyrights. Let me see. I'm trying to think if this is it. Oh, yes. Vital signs. That's the one I'm thinking of. So it's it's the last song on moving pictures. It's the one with like all the repeaty guitar on it, right? It's like da 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 like that. I think that's camera eye you're thinking of. Oh, I just like camera eye. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like an 11 minute song with a couple of parts in it. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I could have sworn there was like a sports thing they used to play on ABC when I was growing up that had that song in there, but I could, I never heard it again, so. Huh. Yeah. I, um. Sorry, now I'm thinking about Canadian bands. So there weren't a lot of what you'd call like super hair metal bands that I liked all that much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, occasionally there would be, there'd be something weird. Like, I, I like Dangerous Toys for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like Tora Tora. I remember liking them. Mm-hmm. I like Badlands, which I guess was hair metal, but it's not hair metal like Warrant was hair metal. <sighs> because, I mean... You know what? Jakey Lee was just in a class of his own. You know? Yeah, I won't put them in hair metal. It kind of was, though. I mean, it kind of was. It was. It aspired to be. Like, and that's a, that's, that's reductive, too. Cause I, I don't think it aspired to be. It's just like that was the closest thing near them. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what they got lumped into with the, like, the one video that got played on MTV. Well, with, you know, uh, Ray Gillen singing in that, I mean, both of them played in, well, I think both of them, Played with Black Sabbath once, at one point, 
or not Black Sabbath, but somebody, people from Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I think. Am I wrong? I mean, I think Ray Gillen did something with somebody from Sabbath, didn't he? I anyway. I want to say Eternal Idol, maybe. But anyway, yeah. But, but the actual sound of Badlands. I mean, I guess it was just pretty much hard rock of its day. Mm-hmm. But it still had a bit of that. Not quite, because you know, I mean, hair metal incorporated bits of glam and stuff too, or what passed for glam then, at that point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, when I talk about hair metal, I talk about bands like Warrant and stuff. You know, like Bullet Boys. Um, I love Bullet Boys. Did you? Yes. Man. Okay. What? Huh? It was like if Joe Perry played for Van Halen. If you say so. Oh, man, shut up. Bullet Boy is awesome. Okay. You keep hanging on there, St. Christopher. Oh, man, that's not... I'm talking about that that first album. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I'll smooth up in you. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) That was bad as soon as it came out. I knew it. (laughs) Anyway. Um, but you know, yeah, there were a few bands like. You know, you're recording this, right? Right, right. I know. <laughs> I never said it was. I mean, you know, we're we're flagged as being adult, not adult content, but sensitive. stupid content. But you know, embarrassing anyway. content. So like, like White Lion. I liked White Lion. I'm mostly if they had like really exceptional players. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, because like White Lion without Vito Brado would have just been boring hair metal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I rediscovered I, there was a band I forgot this Canadian band from the time period that I, I guess they're sort of like Badlands in that they they would fall into the hair metal genre I think but they were more or less just hard rock for the 80s for the time period mm-hmm. um, but do you remember a band called Killer Dwarfs <laughs> uh, I I I know of them. I don't know if I've ever heard anything by, by them. You should check out an album called Stand Tall. I think that was like their first like breakthrough kind of thing. It wasn't their, it wasn't their first album, but really taking that theme seriously. <laughs> yeah, the thing I remember most about, especially from that album, like um, on MTV, I would see their videos, and their videos were always really funny. Like the video for the tra- title track for that album, Stand Tall, was basically them getting booted by their record company, so they make their own <laughs> records out of just globs of plastic and action figures and shit and melt them down and press their own records. Mm. Like, that's the theme of the video, is them going from recording to making their own records and shit, you know. And then there was another one. They had this ongoing or recurring? What's the difference between recurring and reoccurring? I think it's the same word. I think people just say it wrong. Huh. But anyway, so they had this recurring theme about, um, like, the singer, he, they would keep him in a crate. So, like, that, that spans a couple of different videos where he's being carted around in a crate. <laughs> wow. Because um, there's this one video that's all, like, they start off, they pack him in this tiny little crate that he couldn't possibly fit in. You know, they did it through the magic of movie stuff. But, um... I feel I must have seen or heard some of this stuff. And they they stick him in the back of the like the trunk of this car, but they can't close the trunk because there was a crate there. And the rope holding the trunk thing breaks, and then the rest of the video is him just getting kicked around and flying through the air and, and interrupting people's parties and stuff. 
until he finally winds up accidentally at the venue that they're supposed to be playing at, and he crashes through the ceiling and hits the stage. Like, but like, my point is, though, is that their videos were funny. They were like kind of clever and funny and real tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the music was pretty good. So it was like, it's like, oh, yeah, I like these guys. And I was looking for um, looking through my music stuff, and I found an, I found that album by him. So I popped it in my car, and I was listening to it while I was driving around, going to the grocery store and stuff. And I was like, I remember this. I liked it. But why did I forget about it? Why do you forget about stuff that you like? Um, that's a good question. Is it just getting distracted by new stuff that you like? There's that. Yeah. I think that's probably it. I mean, some stuff I know, like, um... You move on into a new phase, and then you forget sometimes what you liked about the old stuff, and then you're reminded. That's part of why nostalgia is such a strong thing. Yeah, nostalgia's got this other thing going on, though. It's, there's, like, a sense of diving into the past because you're dissatisfied with the present kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's an element. I I think that is a... uh, Like, reminiscing is sort of less, you know, less fraught with dissatisfaction for the present. You know, and that's that's thinking about the past in a fond way, most of the time. But your face... I know, I'm I'm getting into semantics and stuff, but... Words matter. You're You're like Emmons. What? You want to argue with Josh? We can get him on. No. I don't think he's doing anything tonight. We should see if he wants to play keyboards. I mean... <laughs> Let's get our arrangements done first. <laughs> Have you printed the t-shirts yet? I did. <laughs> They're on the Threadless store. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, back to that forgetting stuff you like. There's some stuff I legitimately know why I don't listen to anymore because I just I know I moved past it and it's not the same for me anymore. Uh, yeah, probably. I feel there's probably something like that for me. It was weird. Okay, so last week I was listening again because I was going through my music stuff and finding like things I hadn't listened to in a long time, and I pulled out a couple albums by this. Um, hardcore band called H2O and uh, I listened to the first album which I remember listening to a lot and liking a lot in like 96 or 95 whenever it came out and um, and I really dug it back then and I listened to it now and I'm like huh yeah, I, I mean it, no, there wasn't anything wrong with it but I just wasn't getting the same kind of satisfaction from it you know mm-hmm. and then I, I put the second album on which I didn't remember anything of except for a cover that they did of a song by a band called Marginal Man and um, I didn't remember anything from that, but I actually liked it better than the first one. Well, that I was going to bring that up. There's a lot of stuff that you can listen to now that you end up uh, like remembering not liking, and now you do. Well, I, that? Yeah, I do that on purpose sometimes, where I, I go back and give stuff a second chance. Because sometimes I don't like things just because I'm in a mood. Certain, you know, like music and movies and stuff like that. I'm just not in the right mood for it when I see it. Often in a mood. Well, possibly. You are like Jim Terry. You are a moody booty. 
face is a moody booty. Moody booty? Mm-hmm. Never heard that term before. I don't think so. It means you Jim. are prone to mood swings. Wouldn't just saying I was moody suffice? Uh, moody booty is much more fun to say. I see. Don't you think? Well, that's how you do. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes I, I like to go back and give stuff a second chance just to... Even if I, I still don't like it, I try to figure out why I don't like it. And some stuff I can't explain why I don't like it. Some stuff I can't explain why I do like it. I mean, there's just something about it I dig, you know? Like me, you can't explain why you like me. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Nobody can explain it. You're you're ineffable. I am ineffable. You're inexplicable. I'm inexplicable. Inexplicably ineffable. No, you're pretty explicit. Explicitly, whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm explicitable. Some stuff I can't figure out why I like it to the degree I do. I could tell you the basic like why I like the you know why I would like it in general, but like like hackers, I don't I have no idea why I like that as much as I do. Yeah, nobody does. I mean, it's ridiculous how much I like that. I think there's I think there's a the. It's like, well... And it's not nostalgia, not, because I liked it from the get-go. Well, yeah. I mean, you're only two years younger than me. Uh, less than that? Yeah, I don't get it, because I put you in the Sean and Tim camp all the time, and that makes sense, because they were right at that... Because I feel like that age when that movie came out was the people that liked it could be i yeah. i mean actually like sean and tim are both young or there's enough distance between us that there are things that are culturally different between us you know mm-hmm. because of the age like i you know oh yeah like, like, I you know i like how tim really loves talk about like how tim really loves 90s bad superheroes you know like because those were the ones that when he was younger those that's what he got into like, well, uh, you mean the comics that he read? Or... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, he really is into the 90s stuff. Like that I, makes sense. Like, I don't, get, I don't get loving Nighthawk as much as he does. Yeah, he's really into that. And, yeah, that makes sense. Um, or, like, um, like, when I was living with Jenny, Jenny McGrath, and um, she loved the Sandlot. And I, yeah, I'm, Sandlot is huge with that generation. Well, I mean, it's we're the same generation, but it's like that five-year difference. Right. And up until she made me watch it, I had never even seen it. I don't even know if I knew what it was. I've never, I've still never seen it. And now I, now I, I without even thinking about it, will say, you're killing me, Smalls. I, I'm not <laughs> going to watch it because of that, because I'm sick of hearing that. But, I'm sick of seeing it on shirts. <clears throat> you're killing me, Norton. I'm not going to watch it. Norton! See, and I guess I'm old enough that Honeymooners was still, like, in a phase of being constantly on, you know, on and reruns and stuff. Where I think that got phased out by the time, like, somebody was five or six years younger than me. <laughs> so, like, I'll make, I'll make Honeymooners references and shit, you know? Uh, I didn't know what the Honeymooners was until I was much older. Oh, really? Because it was on reruns here all the time. So maybe that's regional then, I guess. 
No, I was probably in high school when I found out. I mean, I knew what it was because people made fun of me for the name, but that was because of the Eddie Murphy skit about the Honeymooners. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had to learn what the Honeymooners was the hard way. Oh, is that the one where he's talking about Norton Bendover? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I haven't heard that in a long time. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was a kid in grade school, so all the kids were all about it. I understand. I had a name that got made fun of a lot. Well, sure. I'm going to make fun of it. I do make fun of it. And eventually I just got numb to it and said, hey, fuck you. Warren Ellis couldn't believe it was your actual name. Yeah. Well, it was the shortening of my first name, I think, that triggered him. <laughs> but, that, that was kind of a pretentious thing on your part. I, well, I mean, to be honest, I started doing it in high school, and it just carried all the way over into my 20s. Well, that, that's that's peak pretentiousness is when you're in high school. Right. I, I It probably, and I don't remember this, I don't remember why I started doing it, but it most likely was done to piss somebody off. Yeah. Probably. And then it just became habit after a while. And I mean, I had credit cards and shit in that name. <laughs> you know? mm. um, so eventually I just didn't think about it anymore. Uh, but I think oh, I... I just like... I like you going by the last name, exclamation point. That makes more sense. Well, I like to be excited. And all lowercase. Because, you know, E.E. Cummings well, doesn't have a... a trademark on that one of you is still getting comic work so who wins in that that's true i mean it's all me though i mean you weren't lying yeah i mean it's all me (laughs) anyway but yeah it, it is weird how just a few years difference like can change a lot of your likes and perspectives on stuff i guess there must be just a certain section of yours where you're really impressionable and you make a lot of um, you form a lot of your core thoughts and stuff based on what's around you, I suppose. And that's pretty much what carries you through for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, yes. And so, and especially in the <laughs> age, you have tuned into. Mike and Crank discover obvious things. Well, I'm going to elaborate here and say, especially in the age that, you know, we were born into, media surged, you know? Yes. Um, And it was a lot more easily available. And, you know, so, because, you know, our parents didn't necessarily have all that. I mean, my, my dad didn't even have a TV until he was, I don't know, like... Late or preteens, probably is when they finally got a TV. I think. Do you think we are the first pop culture generation? Gen X. Yeah. Um. The reason I say th- that. How do you define because, pop culture in this instance? Uh, well, uh, pop culture as as fetish. Because I mean, I would say probably our parents were because they had the monkeys and the Beatles. Sure. That yes, but it and was. Elvis. But pop culture wasn't pop culture. You know what I mean? What I mean is pop culture is like we invented a fucking trivia game yeah. because of it. Well, actually, that, was, that was the boomers that invented Trivial Pursuit. Was it? Yeah, because I was a kid when that came out. So that would have been the adults at the time making it. 
Okay, so they're the first pop culture. I would say so, yeah, probably. The yeah. Bo- boomers would have been the first pop culture. <laughs> that makes sense. Then. But, I mean, that also, you know, that coincides with FM radio and television. Like, oh, yeah, like, sure. No, I'm not, yeah, I get it. Like rock and roll and, and shit yeah. like that, you know, like all that crap, you know. Um, and so, I, yeah, I would probably say that they were. I mean, I think Gen X was the first one to really sort of uh, wallow in it. Yeah, maybe that's what I mean. Maybe they're the first. We took it to a next level. And then I think after us, it became... Well, for a while there, like, it was just... Who, who, was the first, who was the first generation that it could take a class in it? That would be... Uh, that would have probably been in the 90s, right? Yeah, probably. I don't think they had pop culture classes in the 80s. No, they didn't. But even if it was in the 80s, I'd still be probably Gen Xers. Or very tail-end boomers. But I, I don't think you could take a pop culture class until the 90s, though. Unless they, unless something like that went under another name, like Modern Studies or something. I'm going to pop you in the culture. That's weird. You don't know. Pop goes the world, man. Um. Yeah. Men without hats. Was it Tommy and Tina? I don't know. Tommy and Johnny. Johnny and. All I remember is the chorus. And then not really much of that. Pop goes the world. Yeah, speaking of Tina. Actually, Tina Turner dying made me uh, kind of sad. Yeah, you know what made me sad about it? What's that? Because I, I had heard, like, I heard, like, a news report or something about how, basically, just how miserable she's been the last couple of years. Oh, really? Yeah, it sounded like... Like this was a like a year or two ago where she was like essentially telling like her publicist was saying that yeah she's doesn't expect to be around much longer or something like that or, that or like how how she just she just sounded like her life wasn't as happy as what you would expect it to be well, she went through a lot of shit in her life, though. She did, and obviously... I mean, just from what little I know about her history. Like, yeah, but, you know, you know, uh, you know, they, 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 like, even the movie that came out, it's like, it writes it as, like, she's this triumphant person that, you know, got out of it and then, you know, ran the world, but, you know, that shit sticks with you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind, so of that stuff that leaves, be- kind of stuff that leaves scars you carry. Yeah, and that made me feel bad because, you know, she, I mean, I don't think anybody, like, saw Tina Turner or heard Tina Turner and goes, nah, not my thing, not that cool. You know what I mean? I'm it's like, I could see somebody, like, hearing Billie Eilish and going, yeah, that's not my thing. But you hear Tina Turner, you're like, this works on some level. You I know mean, what I mean? I'm sure there are people that don't, but I, I mean... And, I mean, there's a large chunk of her catalog I'm either completely unfamiliar with or I've heard and just went, eh. But, I mean, there's enough stuff she's done that I've really, really liked, you know? Yeah. I mean, going back to, like, early days and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I used to play a Midnight Train of Georgia in the office all the time. Wait, she didn't sing that song. That wasn't her? 
That was Gladys Knight. Oh, you're right. Damn it. She may have sang it at some point. I think I did used to play a We Don't Need Another Hero a bunch of. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was like. Raggedy Man. Say what? He's just a Raggedy Man. <laughs> yeah. That's another movie I like more than I should. Yeah. <laughs> if you like it, then you like it more than you should. Because it's. It's not that great a movie. It just kind of rehashes the You know the what? It's, so. it's, the, it's the same plot as Fury Road. That's the thing nobody talks about. <laughs> I guess it is. It's actually. the same plot as Fury Road. It's just Fury Road did it way better. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you know, but I, there is I don't, there is something I like about that movie. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what. But uh, the, next, the next Mad Max movie at the beginning, he needs to like ask the people that he's with. He's going, "Is this going to result in a dangerous caravan that I have to drive the main truck in?" <laughs> and if they say yeah, then he's like, "Well, see ya." And then the movie's over. Yeah, I probably wouldn't make much of a movie with it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you know, sure. But I'm, I'm going to say probably yeah, no. He's just a raggedy man. <laughs> um, she talks so weird in that movie. Maybe that's how she talks. It's such an interesting. She does not sound like she's from Nutbush, Tennessee. That's for sure. I'm trying to place like what that would be. He's just a raggedy man. <laughs> it's a little bit of um, not Liz Taylor, but uh. It does have it does have that old like fifties uh, uh, Hollywood thing, forties Hollywood. Where, yeah, where they kind of flatten vowels out and yeah, um, it's slightly nasal or something. But uh, yeah. Anyway, <sighs> he's just a raggedy man. I'm trying to think of what else is new. I'm about to tear my computer down and switch over to my new workstation. What? What's the new workstation? Well, I basically it's it's the same as the old workstation, but I've got bigger monitors that are 4K now. Mm. And um, I bought a new, you know, um, whatever the 20th, no, 30, 20, what the one from a couple of years ago, the one that's got the little remote paddle and stuff. I don't know what you're saying. The Wacom. Okay, yeah, that's the word you left out. <laughs> Drawing a tablet <laughs> monitor, right? Whatever, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, but I, I, I had gotten the one from... Not you know, my remote, remote doesn't work anymore. Is it uh, got to replace a battery, maybe? Uh, I don't think it has a battery. Yeah, but really? Yours doesn't? Mine does. Mm. I really want that new one. You have to recharge it with a USB cable. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah, you know, it doesn't work. Uh, it could be your battery just stopped taking the charge. Mm. And it's probably not technically usable, uh, user serviceable. Mm. But you might be able to do it yourself and just replace the battery. You know, you don't hear much about that new one, and I wonder if it's because everybody's just using the new iPads. I don't know. It, right? Could be. I mean, because... You know, especially if you've got that iPad Pro. it's We're going to have to learn to use those. It's big enough, you know. 
I don't like the idea of having having to work like that being my sole thing to work on a twelve point nine inch screen. Yeah. Or twelve. Is it twelve point nine? Eleven point nine? Whatever it is, it's somewhere around a twelve inch screen. But like, especially at the resolution that it's at, like, I, don't, I feel like that's not enough space and everything's too small. Yeah. Like to work in. Or, like, and then they have to jig the UI to make things big enough, like, icons big enough for you to see, so you run out of space. Like, I don't know. I've, I've never actually used Photoshop in an iPad, so I don't know what it's like. Or, uh... I've, I've never used Photoshop on there either. Or Illustrator. I, I guess there's a version of Illustrator for iPad. I've used Clip, and... Uh, I, it's just not my thing. I, I'm I'm just I want to be able to use Procreate because everybody seems to love it. Hmm. But I don't know. Maybe I'm already getting I'm putting getting put out the pasture. Oh. Don't worry, man. You won't see the pasture. We'll send you to the glue factory first. Oh damn! Cold blood. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm saying, man. I'm just saying. Gold blooded. Cold blooded. This is weird now that I'm looking at it. Okay, so this thing's. This Wacom, it's the, the just previous generation. And mm-hmm. I think this unit, if I'm. I'm trying to remember what the box. Because there was like a manufacture date on the box, and I think it was like this unit was manufactured in 2021 or something like that. But the remote, the USB on the remote to recharge it. It's using it's not USB C, it's using that old, you know, mini USB plug like for old older cell phones. I'm like why? <laughs> you know? Why does that have a USB C on it? But anyway, so I got that and that's that's a four K monitor and then I bought a, a new uh Asus monitor that's like a thirty two inch monitor and it's four K. It's mm. one of their uh pro art line. Because I the monitor I'm on right now is like a, a smaller version a year or two older of the pro art line. I like them because the colors are really accurate or pretty accurate anyway. So I, um, cause you know, I mean, I've, I've worked on bad monitors where it's stuff's like comes out in print and it's way too light or way too dark or there's like a, a color hue shift that you don't see. You know? So it's like kind of important to have some accuracy in your monitor. X-Rite's got a new color calibrator out. Who? The uh, X-Rite, they make the spider. Who? <sighs> sure. Okay, you don't calibrate your monitors. <laughs> I'm a wild card. <laughs> wild card. You mostly work in black and white anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I color some stuff. I'm coloring more and more. Uh-huh. I'm coloring. You can't stop me. I'm going to do it. All right, go ahead, man. You know, Tev. <sighs> but um, I'm, buy me that new Wacom. Buy me that new Cintiq. No. Come on, man. No. Come on, man. No. Come on. Uh, no. I had to buy a new video card this week, man. Buy it. I mean, do it. And if I if I'm gonna spend that kind of money, I gotta think about whether or not I'm gonna get a Mac Mini or an iPad. Hmm. I f- feel like 
if Logic works okay on the iPad, that might be my better bet. Um, but I don't be. know. You won't be recording anything into it. Don't they have any kind of... Like, isn't there a Thunderbolt plug on the... Or some sort of mini Thunderbolt thing on there? It's a USB-C. Oh, so they don't even put Thunderbolt on their own thing? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Stop it. Get off my back. That's just weird, man. Stop telling me to do things. So, yeah, I could record into it then, because I could just use my um, my focus right thing, because it's USB-C. Mm. So, uh, mm. Theoretically, I could record straight into it. Mm. I read a review of the... Um, what's the other thing? Final Cut? Uh, somebody using Final Cut on the iPad? Mm-hmm. And performance-wise, they said it was good, but they didn't like... They didn't like some of the UI stuff because mm. they had to like, like dive into kind of sub menus and stuff to get in, into like stuff they needed to use, and it just sort of dragged, like made the project drag a bit because they had to keep hunting for stuff. But that, that's where I was talking again, where you know because of the size of the device and the resolution, you have to make the icons a little bit bigger, so you crowd out the space and you have to wind up hiding stuff under sub menus and stuff, you know. To be able to get to it, and that's that's the main reason I don't like the idea of doing all my work on that small a screen. Maybe you should stop being such a punk. Maybe. So I don't know, man. Maybe a Mac Mini will would be better off. How long do iPads last? Because you can't service the battery in them, right? Mm, I don't think so. No. So I wonder if, like, realistically, are you only going to get a couple of years out of an iPad? I know they expect people to upgrade every, like, every cycle or every other cycle anyway. But I, I'm not like that. I don't, I want something that's going to last me a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I, well, I mean, that's another issue with Apple anyway. They, they phase stuff out, like planned obsolescence. Yeah, yeah. Because... Our our uh, our our society is planned obsolescence. I guess so, but I, I, just as an example, like the thing that finally prompted you to upgrade your gear was you couldn't upgrade the OS anymore because they wouldn't let you, and so you couldn't upgrade some of the programs because they only worked on the newer OS, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which you know, I mean, in theory, I'm trying to think. I mean. There, there is a certain limit to PC stuff to how far back you can install a current OS. Just it's a functional mm-hmm. limit, though. Like mm-hmm. stuff won't work, or you can't find drivers for the new system for the old stuff because it's so old. You know, I probably couldn't run Windows 10 or 11 on on a machine I built in 1995. Well, I might be able to actually. <laughs> Depends on the machine, but. Yeah, I don't. It just it seems like max cycles are shorter for like when things become unusable or at least un- unupgradable. Yeah, because I suppose you could still use like your old. Um, what was it you had? Uh, I don't. I don't have it in front of me, but I still have uh, them both at the studio. And uh, yeah, I couldn't upgrade to the newest. I had it so long I couldn't upgrade to the newest operating system. I mean, I could, I, I'm assuming that they still work and you could use them with whatever 
the latest Absolutely. thing that worked on them worked, right? Yep. So, I mean, they're still good machines. Well, yep. you know, you just can't get anything new or security. You can do anything. something with them, but I don't know what. Yeah. I wonder if there's some way of tricking the OS into thinking that it's newer so you can install, like, a newer OS. <laughs> you know? I don't know, man. Well, they neither of them have the M1 in them, so they're all running Intel. Oh, right, right, right. So that's, I think, the biggest... Because um, they changed the architecture now. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I was talking about last time we talked, is, like, I thought about maybe just getting an M1, thinking that since the M2 is the, the hot new thing... Yeah. be able to get a cheap M1, but really it doesn't seem like the second-hand prices are dropping all that much. Not enough to not... It's it's like not enough of a difference to say, well, why don't I just buy a new one instead? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I was going to say that the Macs are the Gibson of computers, but that's not true because a Gibson will go up in a price <laughs> the longer you keep it. Hopefully it will, yeah. <laughs> I um so yeah I don't know anyway I'd probably be well I don't know that's the thing about the new Mac Minis those <clears throat> or like the new M2 based stuff or even the M1 based stuff from what I read is that it's all and this could have been the way with the in- Intel stuff too I guess when when you're talking about the Minis but they're they're essentially like you're buying a cell phone or a pad without a screen like it's all integrated hardware and stuff and mm-hmm. soldered on board and. There really mm-hmm. isn't anything you can do to them once you've bought it. It is right. what it is. Except for expanding with, like, you know, plugging things in with the USB or something. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of weird, because that's just not the world of computing machinery I, I grew up in. You know? Yeah, but it's the world it is now. It's like, why would you make something that's... You know that you plan on it being obsolete in, in just a couple of years. Like I said, that's our culture now. That's jacked up, dude. Hey, man, I've still got a toaster from the fifties. Oh, and you know what? It toasts bread, dude. Well, it's it's a toaster. It should. That's what, but it was built in like nineteen fifty four, and it still toasts bread. I used it this morning. Okay, stop bragging, jeez. I'm just saying, man. You're bragging about your antique toaster, I get it. You're a hipster, I get it. Well, you're into you're into thrifting, I get it. I'm just yeah. you're into our our uh, classic artisanal products. <laughs> this was made in a factory, man. It's not really artisanal. Whatever, whatever. Does it? <sighs> does, does something being artisanal mean it came from a well? I don't know. Because what is an artisanal well? Mm-hmm. I don't know either. How bizarre. Let's see. What is an artisanal well? <laughs> I'm looking that up because I want to know. Artesian well. It's not artisanal. Duh, Mike. An artesian well is a well that brings groundwater to the surface without pumping because it is under pressure within a body of rock and or sediment, known as an aquifer. <clears throat> That's some high-pressure gardening there, Mike. High-pressure gardening. Mm-hmm. 
I think a you know a high pressure gardener could make good use of art artesian well. Yeah. I was at the so I was at the Memphis show a while back, the Memphis Comic Show, mm-hmm. and I went with a bunch of the people that were tabling there to a place called Howard's Donuts. After it's a Memphis donut shop. Are they amazing? They're all right. But I was talking about uh, how in Memphis we have artesian spring water. And uh, it it that you don't have to do much from it from the tap. And uh, this one girl who had it, I didn't know her, but she just looks at her friend and then looks at us and goes, "The water here is ass." <laughs> and I was like, "Damn! Even if you thought that, why would you? Why did you say that to a stranger?" Oh, are you just trying to be a dick? She had opinions. She wanted you to know them. Mm. I mean, you know, and some people are just dicks, dude. <laughs> you know, I don't really know why, but some people are. When I lived in Florida, we were living at my grandparents' place. Well, they were someplace else. Bragging? Huh? Nothing. I, I wouldn't brag about Florida, man. That place was awful. That was one of the worst times of my life. But uh, the the water in the place we were living came from a well. But it was one of those wells where it had a lot of, I guess, like sulfur and stuff in it. Well, well, well. And besides, you know, having to buy lots of, um, oh, what's that stuff that you use to get rid of? bathtub stains um, but anyway it, it, the water would leave like mineral deposits in the bathtub and stuff like that um, and if it was at all warm like it was just even coming out of the ground it stank and it stank really bad and, and it tasted funny mm-hmm. but if you bottle it and stuck it in the fridge all that crap would settle and you'd get this clear awesome tasting water after that <laughs> But it, um, which apparently had extra benefits because it had minerals and stuff in it, so it was, you know, good for you, I guess. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna mineral you. But it, um, man, taking a shower in that water was terrible because it just smelled so bad. So funky. Yeah. It really was. So, uh, that water was ass, dude. Hmm. Well, if I could remember who that was, I'd go tell her. I just saw a picture of, I guess this is some people from the 60s or something like that. And then, uh, this girl looks, she's wearing boots that look like Kirby designed them. Mm. Here, check this out. I'm going to send you a uh, link thing. Okie dokie. One of them, their, their linky thingies. Yeah. It's a tumbler. Yeah, Tumblr's still around. <laughs> Isn't that weird? You're weird. Oh, those are cool. Doesn't it, it, it looks like something Kirby would do. That is definitely, somebody was definitely like, or Kirby was looking at this. Could have been. Yeah. There's, it's like a mix of, well, that, that's it, that is very Kirby, a mix of medieval and futuristic. 
Somebody was somebody was looking at somebody. So weird. So weird. How you doing? So weird. Oh. Remember Soriyama? No, what's Soriyama? Huh? What's Soriyama? He was at, um he did all these robots and stuff. He airbrush. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his thing was always like robot women, mostly. That's yeah, yeah. But he was like really good with the uh, the textures and making things look metallic, and, like convincingly so. Soriyama wasn't a woman? I, I think it was a man. I don't know. First name was Hajime. But I don't know if that's male or female either. <laughs> I feel like with as much Japanese stuff as I've watched, I should know names by now. Uh, Hajime Soriyama was a he. Okay. And he still is a he. He's still alive. Mm. Born in 1947. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Huh. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that. All right. Anyway, tell me something. Anyway, good night. Good night. See ya. Good mic? Good mic. I'm a good mic. Good night. You're, uh... All right, then. I, uh... What? See ya. Good night. I'm gathering you want to get off the phone? Good night. Is that what's going on? night. Do we, uh, have any email or anything? Yeah... Yes, uh, Bill Duke wrote in with a uh, poem for my 50th birthday. Sweet. Uh, Bill Duke wrote, uh, the title is called 50 is a Van. Wait, this sounds familiar. Go ahead. Did I, did I, uh, did I read it last week? No, but I feel like he's written this before and he's just swapped your name in for somebody else's. Oh. He said 50 is a Van. Uh, 50 is a van, reliable and rock-scuffed, known. This does sound familiar. It does, doesn't it? This van has its people, they know who they are, chose the spots long ago. And the seats know them too, upholstery gives a little, holding them up and holding them in, on board. Some old things have fallen between the seats, sure, not worth reaching down for. That nonsense can stay where it fell. Rattle around on the floorboards out of mind. Some drives can be long, can be a long time flat, hard to see in the middle how much. That's what's up and over what's behind. You can worry at a stone over time, rubbing the surface over and over, and that spot gets smoother, but it is still a stone. <laughs> And that's okay because this is fifty, and this is, st- and it is still a van. <laughs> he must. <laughs> so go on now, Mike. Go on now, Bill Duke, twenty twenty-three. Is that like Kanye West lyrics or something? I don't know. I'm going to use these for the lyrics of our song. <laughs> Wait, even you saying that sounds familiar. Hmm. I don't know. Did. <laughs> I don't know. What is going? Okay, why I don't understand. All right, well that was moving, very Chris, moving. Chris Chavez from Northern California writes. 
Hello, gents, and anyone foolish enough to be heard talking in the background. Uh, thanks again for all the excellent episodes of Full of Comic, Music, and Procrastination Talk. Regarding last episode's talk on Evan Dorkin, I had a chance to interview him as part of a group comics podcast about 15 years ago. Damn, talk about a disconnect between humor and comics and the comic creator's personality. <laughs> he couldn't have been a grumpier old man than if his last name was Mathau. He eventually warmed up as the talk continued, but it was a sounding pretty touch and go at the beginning. That's yeah, that's that's Evan. I've never I I personally love Evan. I I love that he is so truthful. I think he's one of the funniest people ever, but he can be difficult to talk to. But he can also be pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met him. Uh, yeah, I had a fun experience with him on a panel where he basically just <laughs> belittled me. <laughs> but uh, he's a nice guy. <laughs> I, like, I seriously like him. I really do. Got a little Stockholm Syndrome going on there, man. No, it's not that at all. Or like he knew how I to think, nag you, you know. I I think he is a I think he is a extremely underrated talent. Uh, if Crank wants to have even more fun with Patrick Hernandez's Born to be a Live song, have him watch the following video mashup, and he sends a link, which I will send to you now. Okay. Born to be alive. Born. 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 Uh, personally, I think the creator did a solid job pulling the video clips that suit the energy of the track. That's all for now. Hope that Mike continues to have a safe and healthy 50 year of living. 50th year of living. Thanks, Chris Chavez from Northern California. Thank you, Chris. I will do my best. Thanks for writing. To do my duty to God and my country. To be thrifty, clean, and reverent. To, uh, I can't remember any of the Boy Scout stuff. Uh, no, I don't remember either. Something about kind. Kind? Yeah, you're supposed to be kind. Mm. Or is that Bill and Ted's? Let's oh. be excellent. Yeah, you're supposed to be excellent, excellent to each other. Yeah. Party on, dudes! That's a lot of pressure to be excellent. Yeah, well, you know. That's above and beyond, if you ask me. I'm not going to be excellent to you. You should always strive to be excellent. Mm, that's too much. Bogus. <laughs> Bogus indeed. I don't know. I'm a little mad that IDW got to do the um, the animated Dungeons and Dragons when they wouldn't let us do it. <sighs> I mean, IDW got a lot of the stuff that uh, that. Um, uh, Bell's dude didn't get to do. I mean, to be fair, it's it, probably nobody working at Hasbro now was working there when Devil's Due had the license, but or probably very few people anyway. So, and it, and it is. I mean, we're talking like over a decade difference, you know. Yeah. So it is different circumstances, but you know, I thought I really think we could have had a lot of fun with that. Oh, yeah. Did I say thanks for writing, Chris Chavez? Thank you for writing. Thank you. We like you. Um, 
So, yeah, is that it? That is it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Or thank you. Do you have anything in stores this week? I do not have anything in stores this week, but June will be full of Mike Norton. Um, wow, is this going to be the summer of Mike? Uh, no. Well, June will be the month of Mike, but other than that. Um, and, uh, yeah. Okay. Sign up for my newsletter on my website. There will be announcements. You've got a newsletter? I do have a newsletter. You do still do stuff with your website? I do. Well, I mean, I don't, I haven't updated it in a while, but, uh, the newsletter is essentially the, the blog. It's taking the place of my Twitter account. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, a new issue of Nightclub. Oh, right. Yeah. Is this, uh, Norton and Barron's Nightclub? It's not Norton and Barron's Nightclub. That's weird that Image published another book called Nightclub. I know, I know. I saw it and I was like, uh, theirs just called Nightclub, right? Yeah. Or mine was The Nightclub. Oh, I see. It's like Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Or, uh, I should sue. <laughs> Let's see how that works. I mean, granted, again, we're talking like what? 15 years apart? Mm-hmm. 18 years apart? When was that? 2005? Uh, no, it's like, it's like 2004, maybe. Okay, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, almost two decades later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, remember, you did get a uh, guy writing to complain to you about Battle Pug. Like, because they had put out a Battle Pug thing first or something like that? No. Or was it Grumble? No, I, I, I had to complain to somebody that was, uh, made a Battle Pug figurine. No, there was one of those books had a, there was a, a web comic that was out, like, just before you started. A battle Pug? No. Just before you started doing it, like, there was another one that was like the same thing. It was either Battle Pug or Grumble. Because I remember talking about it to you. I don't. I don't remember that. I know there was a battle kittens. Hmm. Was that the one with the, where the cat shot lasers? No, it was. It was. I, I don't remember who. It, it's some animator, uh, a, a lady who's an animator. I think it might be Rebecca Dart or something like that. Or uh, it was. It was like these naked women that would ride around on cats. Oh. And uh, she only just drew pictures. She never, it was never a comic. It was. Yeah, that was not what I was thinking at all. Yeah. I was remembering that there was a thing that used to be, it was like almost a meme, I guess. And people. Oh, there was the battle pug. That was the, the, uh, Patrick Stewart holding the dog from Dune. No, no. I'm saying there was a thing that was like a meme kind of thing. Where people were using cats like guns and they shot lasers out of their eyes. Oh, that was uh, laser cats. Or was that a fever dream I had? Laser cats was a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, whatever. I don't know. Those are funny. 
just to add on to what I was saying last week about I really need to start reading comics again. Like, for instance, there's a an image book called Time Before Time that's 23 issues in, and, and I don't know if I've ever even heard of it, you know? Time Before Time. Is that Declan's book? Is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense, because he's the only one on the covers. Yeah, that's his book. That's just so weird, man. Like, I, I, don't, I feel like I'm really disconnected from stuff. Um... Anyway, uh, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling through. I don't know if I have anything in stores or not. I got hung up on the image section there. They, uh, oh, yeah. We were talking about Spider-Man 2099 last week. I, I see now that it has a new series. Yeah, he's like the star of the new Spider-Verse movie. Yeah, this, this is called Dark Genesis. And, and then, wow. Oh, Miguel O'Hara. They put out a Spider-Man 2099 Omnibus, Volume mm-hmm. 1, hardcover. It's 150 bucks, man. That's a lot of coin. You know, people really like that uh, Spider-Dude. Apparently so. Oh, um, I know, there was a on-screen rant, I think. Now I have to double-check this real quick before I say it, because I'll probably say it wrong. It was on, um, well, yeah, okay, on Screen Rant, um, there's a, they're running a preview of a new Rick and Morty four-issue thing, um, issue number one of it, it's uh, called Rick and Morty Heart of Rickness, (laughs) and it's, huh? So stupid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's written by, um, Marici, actually. Oh, really? But it's got a cool, um, where is it? Sorry, I'm trying to find out who did this one. Oh, Troy Little did a this cool, it's like a parody, because the, the, the first issue kind of like uh, parodies Indiana Jones, the second movie, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Temple of Doom. And so one of the covers is this kind of like fun riff on that post, the movie poster for that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. But uh, yeah, it's on ScreenRant.com. And also, uh, Rick and Morty, the new ongoing series, number five, is in stores this week. And a graphic novel I lettered from Oni Press uh, called Memento Mori. I lettered it as part of my crazy times last year. Pardon, pardon me, sorry. Um, but it's a uh, it's an English translation of a... I can't remember what country it was originally published in. One of those uh, Nordic countries, I think? Nordic land. They got tracks over there, right? True. You know, the Nordic tracks? Nordia. Yes, left Nordia. West Nordia? Anyway, so this book's called, it's by a, um, originally by Tito Takalo. T2 Takalo, and I'm probably massacring that name because I have never heard it spoken out loud. Um... But it's a, an autobio trade paperback called Memento Mori. And it's basically about her getting these uh, embolisms, I think. Or, what, uh, like, swelling in the brain caused by, like, blood things. Is that an embolism? Mm, uh, uh, Cerebral hemorrhage. Hemorrhage, yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, so she 
it's about her developing these problems and then getting it worked on and, and her recovery and it's in parts it's really creepy and sad <laughs> you know um and then you know it, it's but it's like a, a journey sort of story of how she got past it and kind of put shit together again afterwards and I like the art but anyway so that's in stores this week too Memento Mori wow Floyd Come here. He's such a brat. Come here. Are you going to come here? Okay, good boy. Come here. Come here, you goober. All right. So, uh, All right. Now I'm sitting down with the Floyd. Have you ever thought about dying in pink? Um, no. Mm, too far for a joke? Yeah, somebody dyed their dog in the neighborhood pink. Like the whole dog? Yeah. I've got some friends that dye their dog's ears. Mm. And at one point, they I think they were pink. Poor Bowser. He just puts up with it. Well, he's being real cute right now. All right. Well, I should let you get to it. Get to what? <laughs> you know, cute time with the cat. Ah, he's biting me now. Oh, God, I hate you. Okay. <laughs> on hate that, you, Floyd. On that note. Uh, the worst cat ever. Let go of me. Ah! Reach us at crankcast.com, crankcastgmail.com. Mike's website is ihatemike.com, and apparently he's doing a newsletter. Newsletter. <clears throat> Um, next month. He would like you to sign up for it. So you can sign up for my newsletter. Keep up with Mike. You would like to subscribe to my newsletter. And uh, I'm sure he'll keep you updated on when a new episodes of Crankcast are available. I do. You don't. I have a, full, I have a uh, in-depth uh, recap with timestamps. I would be willing to almost uh, 98% guarantee that you never tell anybody to listen to Crankcast. Uh, not true. Mm-hmm. I have I have told people that I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I hate Mike dot com. In case I didn't say that, I think I said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, go on YouTube and check out some Killer Dwarfs videos from the mid eighties, eighty six to eighty eight. They're funny. <laughs> Floyd's mad. That's because he didn't get to see any Killer Dwarfs videos. If you show those to him, I think he'd be happy. And, what do you think about that, Floyd? And give him some catnip. Want some catnip, Floyd? So, all right then. Well, we hope you have a good weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. Go, yeah. Go, go grill, grill out. Yeah. I Come guess up that, here and grill for me. I guess that doesn't mean anything to people who aren't like in the States, though, right? No. I mean, I, you can still grill out this weekend. You can. You don't have to be in the States to grill out. You don't. I, I assume people in other countries use grills. Yeah, I don't I don't know if, it, if, if grill culture is such a thing in, like, Europe. I mean, we imported the hibachi from Japan. Yeah. So, at least the Japanese grill. I think Koreans grill, too. Why are you biting me, Floyd? Are you a mean cat? Because he's a brat. 
you hear that? Mm-hmm. All right, then. Well, everybody take care. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.